I was talking with a buddy the other day. We invited him and his girlfriend over to our house. My wife and I, we were entertaining them. We were going to make a nice meal and uh, we're doing some steak and I was really excited about it. I enjoy the process of cooking a good quality steak. And while my buddy and I are standing there in the kitchen, sipping on a glass of bourbon, girls are in the other room and we're just waiting for the final sear on the steak before we sit down to eat. And I realize, man, I haven't seen you or I haven't hung out with you like this in months. And it just kind of started to hit me and I felt kind of defeated about that. I'm like, you know what, man? I think you're the last person I hung out with too. I just realized like, I am not very good at prioritizing my relationships. I'm not good at keeping up with my friends. What does that say about me? Who am I? Is this what I want to be? Is this how I want to do this thing? And, you know, I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I wish that I spent more time with you. And he's like, wow, <laughs> I was the last person you hung out with. <laughs> Jeez, that has been a while. And he's like, but it's all, it's all good, man. Like, I know you're busy. And you know what? I just kind of silently nodded, realizing I hate that excuse. I'm too busy. I'm busy. That's why I don't hang out with my friends. Really? Yes. That's a part that's, we're all busy, right? We all have our things. We have our agendas and to-do lists, but it comes down to what are you prioritizing? And anyway, the night went on. The steak was supreme. It was amazing. And um, we just had a great time and the night went on. And so what I want to do in today's episode of this podcast is pivot the conversation into the world of business where we discuss the importance of retaining current customers and why this is rarely given the attention that it actually deserves. Welcome to the podcast. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? So right here at the top of the episode, I want to share a statistic with you that this whole conversation is going to kind of build off of. But first, I want to define two things, and those are the words retention and acquisition. This might be a little 101 for you, so just stick with me here for a second if you already know where I'm going with this. The word retention, all it means, it's to retain something, to keep something, to hold on to something. So when we're talking about retention in the eyes of customer retention, what we mean is keeping a customer around longer, turning a first-time customer into a repeat customer. That's what customer retention is about. Now, acquisition, or if we're talking about customer acquisition, the word acquisition means to acquire, to attain, to go from not having something to now possessing it, to now having it. So customer acquisition is the act of or the process of getting a new customer. It's as simple as that. So we have keeping customers around versus getting new customers. And this conversation is going to be around where are we putting our priorities in our business and are we missing the mark? Is there some opportunities for us that are right in front of our face that we're not taking advantage of? 
Here's the t- statistic that I wanted to share with you. Customer retention is five times more valuable than new customer acquisition. Customer retention, holding on to your customers, is five times more valuable than new customer acquisition. So with this being said, if this is like a statistical fact, which it is, and, I'll, and I'm going to read some stuff from a book that I've been going through to kind of back this up a little bit more here in a minute. The big question is, why do businesses get so hung up on customer growth instead of customer retention? I think I have a couple answers for us. So this book that I've been reading, it's called Company of One. I'm about halfway through it, but I'm going to go back to the section in here. Company of One by Paul Jarvis. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you've seen the video version, here's the cover of the book. And um, it's been really good. I've been enjoying it a lot. But here, let's see, page 63. I'm going to just read something from you. And here's where that statistic is. He says, Adding a new customer costs five times as much as keeping an existing one. So while prioritizing acquisition over retention can aid in growth, it's extremely expensive. The same study found that companies are still much more likely to put their efforts into finding new customers than keeping existing ones. So if it's five times more expensive to get a new customer, why, as opposed to holding on to a customer for longer, why are so many businesses still prioritizing this growth idea, this we need more customers, we need more customers? Well, Paul Jarvis here in the book, he gives a couple examples, but I'm only going to touch on three of them that I think are important and can relate to what we're talking about today. I think the first reason why businesses get so hung up on customer growth is ego. And it's kind of baked into our society. It's how we find our self-worth, our success is kind of, and ego is wrapped into this idea that if you're a businessman or a businesswoman, if you're an entrepreneur of some sort, um, that it's all about growing. It's all about increasing your revenue, having more profits year over year over year. It's about maybe going from being a national brand to an international brand, expanding the business, expanding the product lines. And there's egos wrapped up into that because at the dinner table, if you're at a dinner party or some sort of event and you're around, whether it's colleagues or just other friends or it's um, family Thanksgiving and it's your turn to kind of say what you've been up to, if you're in the business world, like you don't want to say, oh yeah, we've kept everything exactly the same. Exactly the same. Actually, we lost, we, we did a little bit worse this year than last year. You know, that's, that's typically not because of our egos, because of who we are as just individuals with our emotions and how we want to be perceived in the business realm. You want to say that things are going great. We're expanding into new locations. We're acquiring this new business and adding it into what we do. Ego is a part of why a lot of times business owners get so hung up on growth instead of retention. The second reason why I think people get so hung up on this is investors. And this makes sense. And this doesn't apply to everybody. It's pretty obvious. But if you have people that are pouring money or some sort of value into your company, they have some sort of ownership or some sort of equity stake on on this business 
then technically they've kind of earned the right in some capacity to have a part of the decisions that are made at the executive level for the business of whether you're going to add more products or invest into this new thing or whatever it is. Now you have investors, people that have sunk their money, in many cases it's their money, into your business. They want to see a return on that investment. For every dollar that they're putting into your business, they want to see five to $10 coming back out of it, right? So the obvious choice in an investor's mind, if the product's good, if everything's kind of just chugging along as a business, it's like, well, let's, what can we do to make this thing grow? Let's make this, like, let's blow this out of the water because they want to get their money back out plus the profits that they would make on the investment. So investors is an obvious reason as to why sometimes companies get really hung up on growth as opposed to paying attention to the quality of relationship and the retention with, of their customers. The last one that I want to talk about today is churn, C-H-U-R-N, churn. And for some business owners, not very many people track this, but um, if the more savvy ones, the more analytical ones that like to look at the numbers, they will track their churn rate. And all churn is, is a customer that comes into your store, purchases something, and then they leave never to return again. They churned out of your ecosystem, so to speak. They're not coming back. You had them, but then they left. And once again, not coming back. And so what happens is in business, if you have a high churn rate, if a lot of people are coming in purchasing and then never coming back to purchase again, what do you have to do as a business to stay afloat? You got to go get more customers, right? And so all of a sudden, because of your churn, the customer churn for your business, if it's not looking so good, if you have a high churn rate, which is not good, then you, you got to go get more customers. So ego, investors, and churn, I think are three pretty obvious reasons as to why people get hung up on the growth of their businesses as opposed to focusing on other areas that could enhance the value and the quality of what they're doing. So what's at stake from negating retention? What are you missing out on by not paying attention to your customer retention and not giving that priority? Well, in my eyes, in most cases, it's low-hanging fruit. You can reach, reach right up and, and pluck that off the tree. There's money to be had right there in front of you. You see, in, in the consumer psychology space, if we go kind of like into our own minds and think about ourselves as a customer, it's very, very known and understood that if, if you can get somebody to purchase something from you once, the likelihood of them returning back to purchase can be pretty high in the sense that there's a lot that happens in the process. Say you have a clothing store in the mall and you had a lady come in and she bought a jacket and she enjoyed the jacket. And um, now she's back a few weeks later and she wants to get some pants that complement that outfit, that jacket or whatever it's likely that she's going to think of your store before the other stores in the mall because she's already happy with the jacket. And maybe she's happy with the music that was playing in the store, the vibe that was in the store, 
the way that everything was arranged and displayed in the store. The people working there were friendly and warming and welcoming to her. She knew where the cash register was. She kind of knows the inventory that's there. She kind of knows the rough price ranges of things. These are all parts that create this familiarity. She knows what to expect if she comes back to the store. And if she is expecting something good in her eyes, which is subjective, right? If it was good for her, then the likelihood is much higher that she's coming back. So when customers aren't, or when business owners are not paying attention to holding on to customers and keeping them around longer, because they're so growth focused, they just want new, fresh customers, more, 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 more then there's low hanging fruit right there because there's a lot that we can be doing as entrepreneurs, business owners to enhance the value, the perceived value in what we do as a company. It makes me think of this concept of quantity and quality. And, and, and if you, uh, you look around a little bit, I, I, I always see it on social media and things like that. There's kind of this debate or this conversation of what's more important, quantity? or quality. Well, just saying those two words, they both mean nothing when you don't provide some context with it, right? Um, so I can't tell you which one's actually better. Um, but in this context, I would argue that quality is better because, and, and I'm not talking just quality of the product, but back to that um, store in the mall, the clothing store in the mall example, there's so many other factors that go into making a great experience, to making it feel very valuable, that it was worth what they spent to purchase something because their experience was good. The people were friendly. The place was clean. They identified with the messaging of the brand, the values that that brand carries. And then, of course, they liked the product, too. Those are all things that go into the quality of your business, what you're offering, and kind of where you are in comparison to the, your competitors, to the rest of the marketplace. Quality, I think, is the most important. And with quality, you start to retain more customers. So you can see where, I'm kinda, where my brain is connecting these things, hopefully. And in the spirit of chasing quality, I want to bring up this concept um, that was made famous by Kevin Kelly, who is or was, I'm not sure exactly, the editor of Wired Magazine, Kevin Kelly. He had come up with this concept, he, or he made it popular and famous, of 1,000 true fans, 1,000 true fans. And you may be familiar with this, but really what he was saying was, you don't need to capture everybody in the world as a customer. You don't need to have everybody shopping at your store to be successful. You really only need 1,000 true fans. Interesting, because 1,000 is not that many people. Think of the world, and your city. How many people are here? And a thousand is going to not only keep us afloat as a business, but help us soar and reach new heights. Yes, that's what he argues. So instead of focusing on getting more, 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 focus on getting a thousand true fans. So what does he mean by true fans? Well, in my eyes, this is just my own interpretation of it, but you've got your customer, right? Well, let's start even further back. You've got leads. You've got people that are potential customers for your business. 
And then you have actual customers, people that have shopped there. And then you have repeat customers that have come back and shopped and shopped and shopped. They've purchased multiple things from you. Think about those that use Amazon Prime. You know, people are just there. You buy basically everything off of Amazon. You're a repeat customer in their eyes. And then you have what I think he's referring to as true fans or what I would also say is loyalists. They're loyal to your brand. It's like um, the Nike versus Adidas thing. Um, And you're either one or the other in a lot of cases. If you're like a true loyalist, you're not going to wear Adidas if you're like a Nike person, right? And those loyalists, those true fans, those are people that identify with your values as a company. They love your products. The experience is great. And they share what they're doing with your products on social media. They're raving about it. They're telling their friends about it. They're encouraging their friends to go buy something from, from you. And that, you know, even as far as like, you know, you see Harley Davidson tattoos on people, you know, that, that would say that that would count as a true fan, right? Um, and so this concept of thousand true fans is exactly that, focusing on those people and deepening relationships with people. And then- some people have even taken this a step further and said, no, you don't even need a thousand. You need a hundred true fans. If you had a hundred true fans, that's all you need. Now, how do you quantify what it is that you need or don't need? Well, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. So it's very subjective as to how many, like what the number is of true fans. But once again, it's not about the quantity. It's about prioritizing the quality. And if you do that, in many cases, it's not a promise that I make, um, but in many cases, if you focus on the quality of something and you have, you're not putting the cart before the horse, then the quantity, the number of people that start to shop at your store tends to increase as well. So it ends up being a win-win, or at least it can be. Taking this, everything that we've talked about so far, I want to teach us a few terms, a few like analytical, scientific, I'm going to kind of slide my glasses up the bridge of my nose a little bit here for a second and kind of nerd out with a couple acronyms. Um, And these are, these are thrown around a lot in business and and in marketing a lot as well. And it's LTV and CAC. So I'm going to explain those real quick. The first one, LTV stands for lifetime value. And all it means is it's the amount of profit that a specific customer can predictably bring in. So you basically average it out and you're looking at what is the average lifetime value of a customer at my store? And am I happy with what that is? You know, and the first step, like we were talking before, is if they're a one-time customer, prioritize making them a two-time customer, a three-time customer, somebody that starts to repeat purchase from you. CAC is the other acronym and it stands for customer acquisition cost. And that is the amount of money that's spent by the company to acquire a new customer. And one of the obvious like line items in this expenditure chart, I guess would be marketing. You're spending a lot of money on marketing to get your brand, your products, your message out into the world to get in front of the eyeballs of new potential customers. So how much is it costing you right now to acquire a new customer? 
And you can, there's a way that you can actually kind of pull the averages on this and it does, it requires a little bit of number crunching. And, um, you know, so the, the next thing that you can do with this is you can kind of compare, there's a ratio of the LTV to CAC ratio. And if you Google what's a good LTV to CAC ratio, um, on Google, one of the first answers, I have it um, pasted here in my notes. I'll just read it to you. It says a good benchmark for LTV to CAC ratio is three to one or better. Generally four to one or higher indicates a great business model. And then if your ratio is five to one, then you could be growing a lot faster than you're likely under investing in your marketing. So if you have a good ratio here, your lifetime value is three times more valuable than how much it costs you to acquire a new customer then you're sitting in a real sweet spot. If you're three to one or higher on this, then maybe it is time to look at how can we grow this and offer this good thing, this great valuable product and experience, everything that is what we are as a business. How can we offer this to more people? Let's start expanding and getting, getting this out to new eyeballs, to new people. And so that's just kind of like the nerdy side of me, the marketing side of me kind of coming out a little bit. And this is what I do for a living. I help businesses with their marketing. A lot of it is within the content and email marketing space, copywriting, looking at an analytics and coming up with strategies as to how can we get you towards your goals faster? Where are, what's, what are the things that are a little bit broken in, in the business that we can be working on to clean up so that we can really leverage the power of marketing to help you get to where you're trying to go. If you're interested in any of that, or you know somebody who might find some value in that, head over to evanshank.com and reach out to me. You can DM me. If you follow me on Instagram at evanshank75, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just search Evan Shank. You should be able to see me there. Um, but anyway, a shameless plug for myself. That's what I do for a living. So I'm happy to help you um, and give you some insight or guidance in that if that's valuable to you. So now I want to transition our conversation as we kind of start to tailor in towards the end of today's episode um, and bring this around into just kind of our personal life a little bit. Um, but first I'll say that I think entrepreneurs and marketers are dramatically missing the mark when they're only looking at business as, and here's the key word, transactional. There's a massive missing component when you're only looking at people as dollar signs. You know, once again, the example of the shopping, the clothing store in the mall, the owners looking through the windows at all the people walking down the, the halls of, of the mall. And they don't see humans there. They don't see people there with stories and goods and bads and uglies, everything that's happening for them. They see a potential dollar sign swirling over top of that person's head. That's just transactional mindset. And it's damaging for the owner for the employees of the business, for the business, and for the customers. It's damaging to look at things as purely transactional because what business is, what this actually is at the end of the day, it boils down to human to human relationships, period. That's all this is. One human is somebody that has a product. They're the business owner, we'll say. And then there's another human who's willing to spend their money and pay for that product. That's business 101. That is the epitome of what business is, I suppose. And the key factor here, once again, 
is getting away from this transactional mindset, this dollar sign mindset, this grow at all costs mindset, and starting to pay attention to people. Pay attention to the humans. Because there's two things that we have in common. The first one is you listening. You're a human being, I would assume. And I'm a human, as much as I understand. (laughs) We both have that in common. And so that means we have fears, we have anxieties, we have things that bring us joy. We have things we're scared of that make us nervous. We have stories, we have traumatic events, we have highlights, we have people around us that are going through that as well. We're all humans. And even more than that, for some reason or another, we all happen to exist and are living and breathing right here, right now on the same planet earth. (laughs) I know it's like, wow, Evan, that is stupidly obvious, but no, I mean, how in the world that you listening to this right now and me creating this and putting this podcast episode out, what are the chances that you and I ended up living in in having our own personal existence at the same section of timeline of the history of earth. You know, it's crazy. And so we have to look out for each other. We have to prioritize the actual person, the actual soul, the spirit, the heart of people, people walking around us. You need to pay attention to that for yourself as well. And that can be easy or challenging. I guess it just depends on who you are. I think we are all naturally a little bit um, selfish and I don't mean anything heavy by that. But, you know, we, it's our, I am responsible. Evan is responsible for Evan at the end of the day. And you are responsible for yourself. Nobody's going to do anything for you necessarily. It's on you to live a good life. You are the captain of your ship. Um, And so this is, I'm, I'm probably starting to beat a dead horse, but that's what we need to be looking at prioritizing is the people in our life and the people that we aim to serve with the businesses that we create. You know, it seems like as it relates to life, seeking something new tends to be more exciting. And why is that? I don't know exactly, but we are programmed to want more and more and more. I talked about that at the top of the episode. We see highlights of what could be on social media And then we crave that for ourselves, thinking that this may enhance our life. It might give us the satisfaction, the fulfillment, the sense of purpose that we crave. And that's subjective. Everybody's different as far as what is success to them. What is a favorable, fortunate life? Everybody has their own answer to that. And, you know, I think it's the easy answer if we're going back to chasing more and more and more versus um, creating depth and width on the quality of relationships. And this could be business or personal. It applies both, both ways. It's the easy answer. And there's this quote that um, I'm paraphrasing it, but the grass is always, the, the grass always seems greener until you begin to water your own yard. The grass always is going to seem greener until you start to water your own yard. You need to pay attention to your space. What can you do with that metaphorical plot of land, that yard that you have? And the more that you start to dig into that dirt, 
and pay more attention to what you are actually in control of and what are your priorities. And, you know, for some people, they don't even want grass in their yard. They want it to be sand. They want, like, if they could have a beach in their backyard, that'd be great. Some people want a, a nice green grassy yard. You know, it's just this thing of comparison, really, at the end of the day. We're just looking at other things around us and saying, ooh, that looks cool. Oh, that seems awesome. Wow, they really seem to have it going on. They look happy. That's what I want. Water your own yard. Ask, truly ask yourself without going to your phone for the answers, what do you want? It's not an easy answer, but this is all an investment of time, of energy. You know, we're risking a lot in business. And I talked about this on a previous episode a bit. But all of these things that we're doing, it takes time. It takes effort and energy and money. You're spending resources in the process of creating your dream life and creating a business that's sustainable and successful based on the metrics of what means success to you. And we have to be willing to play the investment game, play the long game. It's not about crossing the checkered, getting to the checkered flag, crossing, crossing the finish line. You know, in life, I guess the checkered flag is your last breath. And so at that point, what was it all for? If you were trying, you were focusing on getting more customers at all costs, nothing was off, off the table as far as methods to growing your business, even if it meant sabotaging and backstabbing people, manipulating and lying to your staff, underpaying people, um, shortchanging the quality of your products when just so that you could save a couple pennies on each product that you're putting out there, you know, for what? So that you could grow the company? Cool. But why do you want to grow? That's the, that's really the gold question. So inside and outside of business, we may want to reconfigure how we look at our relationships and focus on the quality of our relationships and looking to see, are we putting in the effort that is required to have the quality in our relationships that we're looking for, whether it's with your customers, your friends, your family members, anybody. And the real value involved in the relationship is two things. It's the value is what's exchanged. You know, if I have a friend going back to my buddy, for example, you know, he has stories, he has lessons that he's learned that he can share with me. He can exchange that um, and it can be valuable for me. And then also in the time that him and I spend together, there's something intangible that's created. There's new ideas, new understandings, new stories that are being created in real time and shared among each other in real time. It's the concept of one plus one equals greater than two. Yes, mathematically, one plus one is always going to equal two if we're just playing calculator. But if we're talking about people and we're talking about community and we're talking about authentic, amazing businesses that should be the poster child for all of us to follow, they prioritize this concept of one plus one equals greater than two. Something additional is created when you bring two people together and they share and they encourage, and they help, and they prioritize one another. It's this compounding effect that builds great communities and makes for good lives where people feel safe at night, 
where people feel supported, where people feel excited and encouraged. So some questions to wrap this up. In your life, which relationships are the most important to you? And are you investing in that appropriately? Who needs you the most? Who sees you as invaluable? Can't put a price on that. Are you aware of it? Are you so caught up in your own stuff that you're not aware of who is seeing you and needs you, sees you as this priceless thing? Are you aware of that? And are you there for them the way they need you? And more importantly, in the way that they deserve. In your business, which customers are the most valuable to you? Are you marketing to the right audience? Once again, if you're not sure, reach out. We can, we can have a talk about this and we can start to um, peel back the layers on the business a little bit and see if there's a better opportunity for you. Maybe that's where it is. In a lot of businesses, little side note, in a lot of businesses, it's not that your product's bad. It's not that your store is crummy and that you don't have a nice retail space experience, so to speak. But maybe you're just targeting the wrong audience. You have a great product, but you're trying to sell it to people who don't care about it as much as the person next to them. Are you marketing to the right audience? And do your customers see you as invaluable? What can you do to increase the likelihood of this? How can we increase the lifetime value of a customer? How can we rewire ourselves as business owners, as entrepreneurs, to focus on the quality of a relationship with the people that are part of our target audience? That's all I have for you today. It's this idea that maybe we're focusing on growth when we shouldn't be. Maybe there's something else out there that we could pay a lot of attention to. I hope that you found some value in this episode, walked away with maybe a mild level of entertainment and definitely some education involved in this one. Um, I love doing these podcasts. And if you could, if you're still listening right now, then you're one of my true fans, in my opinion, because this is a very new podcast and these are pretty stinking long episodes. Um, So if you're still here, please, please, please do me the favor on Spotify, hit the three dots under the yellow and blue picture, the Which Way Now cover art picture and hit follow, and then hit the rate show and give it that five-star love. It really helps the channel. It really, really helps. I know we've been talking about maybe don't prioritize growth, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn and grow at the same time with this pod. And then if you're on Apple Podcast, and fun fact, I did look at the analytics for where people are listening to this the most, and obviously on their phones, mobile seems to be like completely landslide. That's where everybody's listening to. And then it's a tie for first place between Spotify and Apple podcast. So on the Apple podcast, hit the check mark in the top right to follow the show and then click the three dots up there at the top right and go to the show page, scroll down to where you see the empty five stars and just give it some more five star love. The more ratings and reviews and follows that we can get, we can push this message out to more people. We can expand what we're doing here. And thank you so much for being here again. Love you very much. And until next time, peace. Well, that does it for this episode. You can always reach out to me directly on my Instagram at evanshank 75 
with any thoughts or questions you may have. I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now? 